What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. That's right, guys. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. This is going to be a good one. All right. Today's the day. I am here with Patrick Meaty Thighs, Mabe. Hi. VP of Sales, Core America. Pastor B. What's up? And then the cuck. Carl Frady, GM of the Nutrition Corners. And this is a very special episode for Carl. I think this one, well, it's special for all of us. No, totally. But I think this one, given with the daily grind of retail, discipline is, I mean, really, in all aspects. But this is something that you preach on a daily basis to our people. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about discipline. And so, and really kind of the confusion between motivation and discipline. Actually, Patrick and I were just on a podcast slash interview earlier this morning. Yep. And one of the questions was, well, you know, you've been training for so long and you've accomplished all this stuff. Well, what, you know, what keeps you motivated? And like, it was a simple answer. Like there's some days I am not motivated at all, like at all. And uh, it's all about discipline. Right. And at the end of the day, if I don't do what I know I need to be doing, the person that gets hurt the most is myself. And then it's kind of like a self-fulfilling failure type thing. And the more you don't do what you know you should be doing through discipline, the easier it becomes to not do those things. And also on the flip side, I feel like discipline is something is a skill that can be learned. So the more you become disciplined in something or the more times you practice discipline in doing something, the easier it becomes. You start chalking up wins and it becomes like a self-fulfilling machine. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. Habitual, right? It yes. Like what you do. Yeah. Day. So let's set the groundwork here. All right, cool. Well, let's, right. let's sponsor the, po oh, the podcast yes. real quick. This is our, is this our first like outside sponsor? I think so. Here's Last time we were, you didn't have an energy drink. Oh, we had I random. Have, I think we had random ones, didn't we? Oh, I didn't because it was late in the day. It was later in the day. And so, so this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> these, uh, just so you know, we are not sponsored by us, but us, if you're watching us today, these extra dark sourdough pretzels. Come on. Come on, fellas. We know this is where it's at. So all you people out there, the extra dark is the key. See right here, extra dark. It's like a communion wafer. They're really yeah. good. For ball status. It is. It really is. Maybe at Beulah you could give out these. <laughs> if I had one critique, Uts, it was, I don't know, the salt just needs to be a little more rocky and a little more salty. A little chunky? A little more, yeah. But they are so good. And, and if they're not the extra dark, I mean, you're just wasting your time. Mm. They need to be extra dark. Extra these, dark soda. Like with like a diet soda, a cigar, and dark pretzels? Mm. We got to smoke a cigar next episode. Yeah. So anyways, let's just get our chewing down. Mm. So no, really, we're not sponsored by us, but... But we are. We need us. But we will be. <laughs> CODG. CODG. We are. This episode is brought to you by Rise Fuel. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bo, for sending these along. And Nick and whoever else is over there who had a hand in that. Can we... Can we? Oh. Pretty good pop. Right, this is my inaugural taste of this. Right? You've never had this. Yeah. Never had. No. So I'm drinking the Kool Aid flavor, which I've never <laughs> had. Kool Aid. Now I had that one the other day. That was the uh, Baja Burst. Baja Burst. That David Dodger drank this one on the. I was actually Baja. really surprised. It was good. It was good. I got Tiger's blood. All right, here we go. Never had any of their oh. before. 
There you go. Surprisingly sufficient. Oh, man, you got to... So I was on a, a sales trip last longest week. Longest drive. That's okay. And yeah, you're, like, looking like at the, you're looking at the I longest like drive champion. taste. I like that. The, the fruit punch or the... The Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. Hits you. Tropical punch. Let me get some of that Tiger Blood out of my mouth. So I, I just cracked open a Core ABC Pina Colada. And it's yeah. been forever since I had that, but I'm like on this culotta trip. I got. Oh, that's the, very coconutty. Yeah, so that's what that I like. Pretty good that. too. It's got that so, coconut in there. and so we need to, we coconut. need to ask them a question because I remember having the rise drinks. Those looked like the old can. Is that an old can? Yeah, that's, that's an, an old, old can. can. I remember having them when they first came out, and I was a little bit underwhelmed. I'll be honest with you. I think they. Do you feel like they changes. they've made a couple changes to it? Because I think, so. I think there's a lot more flavor. I remember wanting more flavor, but these are pretty strong. Yeah, flavors like straight out of the gate. Like yeah. smooth, not too strong. Tastes not like Kool Aid. Tastes like Kool Aid. That's good. Well I'm done, like guys. an eight-year-old boy, except I didn't put any sugar in it. Yeah, and I didn't have right. to go to my neighbor's house to get sugar either for good Kool Aid. Well, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right, back to the regularly scheduled uh, content here. So we're talking about discipline, the different difference between motivation and discipline. So one of my favorite books is uh, by Jim Collins. It's called Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0, and basically it's a a combination of all his previous books. It has the concepts from like built to last, good to great. You know, you we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. So here's, I'm going to read a couple of quotes. So like when I read a book, I will put in a notepad. I, it's usually like a voice to text. I open a notepad and just like read the paragraph if something really sticks out. And so usually there's a couple pages of notes from an entire book. And this was a quote that just grabbed me. It's awesome. So True discipline requires the independence of mind to reject pressure to conform in ways incompatible with values, performance standards, and long-term aspirations. The only legitimate form of discipline is self-discipline, having the inner will to do whatever it takes to create a great outcome, no matter how difficult. And then this is when it gets really good. When you have disciplined people, you don't need hierarchy. When you have disciplined thought, you don't need bureaucracy. When you have disciplined action, you don't need excessive controls. And when you combine a culture of discipline with an ethic of entrepreneurship, you create a powerful mixture that drives great performance. Tell me that isn't awesome. It's really good. I do love it. So um, we can go wherever we want to go on this podcast, but I think maybe breaking down that last statement of talking about when you have disciplined people, when you have disciplined thought, and when you have disciplined actions. I think the first thing is you you have to be disciplined as a person. So as a corporation to have disciplined people, you got to hire a disciplined person. And from my perspective, and well, so do you have to hire a disciplined person? Or do you have to groom and teach discipline? Because it can be taught. Uh, I think there has to be a fire there. Right. And I think it, it can be developed a little bit more than it can maybe be taught. Like this is, this is, discipline is an ancient discipline. Like from my perspective as a pastor, the Bible talks more about discipline than it does any, than, than it almost as much as it talks about salvation. And, you know, uh, uh, um, the book of Proverbs is like short, sayings, daily sayings, there's 31 chapters. It is very clear in the book of Proverbs that, and again, I'm, I'm talking from my perspective, that God despises laziness. There's, so there, like there's a Proverbs that lazy is the man who puts his hand into the bowl. 
So, like, picture you had a bowl of M&M's here, or you had a bowl of pretzels here. I was going <laughs> to say, don't mind if I do. That's right. And so he t- sticks his hand in, but he's too lazy to draw his hand back out and eat what's provided for him. But then there's so many Proverbs after another one that are all about discipline and early to rise, early to bed, harvest, you know, doing the work for harvest time, taking care of your flocks. Then they'll provide a life for you. Even when you get to the New Testament— you know, and again, this is the, this is my world. This is what I'm an expert in. Is that it's a key of the Holy Spirit, like the person that is set apart and that God will use is a person who is disciplined, and they have this. They're they're able to take their feelings and their will and intentionally bring them together and do a lot of good. And so, I, I do think you can groom discipline, but it's also like it's also like being a coach, like. I can't teach in wrestling. I can't teach aggression. The kids got to have that. I can teach moves all day long. So do you think everyone is born with that? Or do you literally think that some people are doomed to not have the ability to be disciplined? That's an excellent question. The more Carl and I are probably going to agree with this. I really <laughs> There's think those, Them kids these days, they're damned. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's modeled. And uh, the problem is, and we, we'll talk about this probably later. But that's the same of being taught or developed. Right. But can they catch that? And, and I think it has to be caught first. Like, I, I think, I mean, you think about how you were raised. Your dad wasn't lazy. Your mom wasn't lazy. Your mom and dad weren't lazy. Mom and dad weren't lazy. Mom weren't either. Like, and, and, but how they taught me to work, my parents and their discipline taught me to be an hourly worker. It was God's call in my life that taught me more to be an entrepreneur and, and have a different take that discipline and go to the next level with it. And so I think that aspect can be taught, can be groomed. Uh, But, I mean, think about not everybody we hire is spitfire. Not everybody. So I think it's key then. So uh, the way I would, if, if you're building a company, right, like I can speak to what we've done, I think this goes back to the concept of getting the right people on the bus. And those initial people on the bus, a bus must, on the bus. <laughs> Where are you Wow. Uh, those initial people on the bus, one must be aligned in the vision and the core values, but also two, they have to have discipline. Because in those initial stages, there's going to be a lot of decision making and actions that need to get done, probably more so, you know, than... Uh, maybe at other stages. And I think it's really important to have those disciplined people on the early stages so that you start to develop that culture, right? So you start, when you start a business, you might not have all your core values lined up, but you know, like we came up and solidified our core values, you know, after we were kind of doing a business for a while, it was kind of like, what did our culture create? And part of our culture was be disciplined, Right. And so like having those initial people there to help create your core values. And it's important that those people are disciplined, I think, because that way, at least your leadership is disciplined. And then you can, you know, you can model it, I think, is the better way to say it's not necessarily your it's hard to teach somebody to be disciplined, but you can show them what a disciplined person looks like and also the results a disciplined person gets. And I think it becomes really clear when you're on a team, and that's why proximity is so important, is that when, when let's say you have five people on, on a team and four people are just so disciplined, they're self-starters, they just knock it out all the time, and that fifth person is getting left out in the field, if, if they truly are a disciplined person, they're kind of like, oh, I, I, better, I better catch up here. 
or it will become very obvious that they don't need to be on the bus at all. And, um, and, 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 and that's, you know, that's where the boss has to do boss work to, to either coach them up and see if they are coached. Well, so one of the things that I love about this quote is the first part, it says, when you have disciplined people, well, first of all, this quote spoke to me so much because I really feel like this is something that we do well here and it is very much in line. I mean, we can always get better at things, but the first one is if you have disciplined people, you don't need hierarchy. And that is one thing that has always been, it's been a blessing and a curse kind of here because the titles get very blurred and, and sometimes people don't know when, who's the boss in a certain situation. And that's why, like I said, you know, you know, when we're talking about sales stuff, like you're the boss, when we're talking about marketing stuff, Justin's the boss and you can be the boss of each other in different situations under different topics. But like the hierarchy is literally. And then I butt in and said, because we don't do as much hierarchy. So I was like, I don't like the word boss. How about the lead? So right. I'm, a, I'm the lead on the sales stuff. He's the lead on the marketing, right? right? Leading, leading that project, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, and actually Justin said this to me at one point in time. Justin's our CMO over at Core. He said, literally, you know, sometimes it's really confusing because, like, we don't have the hierarchy here. It's you and everyone else. And I was like, well, yeah, but also I'd like to think it's just everyone, right? Like, even though I'm the boss, like, I'm going to take your lead on things that you're the lead on, right? Um, so... I think that's something here that is is definitely true. You know, like we don't, I don't think we're constrained by um, a hierarchy. And I think that's because we have really good discipline in this building. Well, everybody, you know, they they show up. Yeah. You know, they show up ready. They show up prepared. It's like, you know, in just a day or tomorrow, the managers are going to be coming in. And uh, when I my first experience with the with the managers meeting or, or well, whatever, you thought it was a cult, I really did. I was like, well, <laughs> Carl is a cult leader. Uh, he's just straight up cult leader. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what what Carl had done? No, is, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's out. Um, first cult leader ever. Yeah, if that's the case. No, it, it's the climate and culture, and that climate and culture. Like you watch how many? Gosh, how many managers are there? There, there were. There will be. 13, 14 tomorrow. Yeah, so there were 14 people in the gym that were just going at it, and they stayed hot, red hot, all day long. They were at the front. They did their workout. They got changed. Then they were mingling with all the people, and it's, it was just it, – it didn't matter. It didn't matter they were managers. It mattered that they knew their job. They were training, you know, people. They were, they were meeting new customers for Crush at Coliseum. And they were teaching about supplements. And so when everybody shows up prepared, stuff's going to get done. And, and, and it's those reserve times where then you got to lean on. Well, so that's, that's one thing that I, so like, that's a point where like, they are very much in the spotlight. So it, it's good that they did that. But the question is the truly disciplined person will do all of that. When Carl and I are not around. Yes. When it gets hard. When, when it gets hard. 10 hours in the store a day. When and no one's there to check you because there you will stand out like a sore thumb if you're not doing that, right? You'll get called out on it pretty, pretty quick. Literally, there's usually one person every manager's meeting that after the manager's meeting, Carl has to have a conversation. You know, these meetings are really important. Like, isn't that true? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, literally, there's at least one or two people at every manager's meeting that afterwards, and you don't want to be that person. Yeah. Those are the people that might be on their phone during a meeting, 
or they didn't really participate in the in the like deep questions that we have at our bonfires. Or they or don't. They, they leave early. They or they leave early just for. I, I gotta. I gotta guess. Go get some sleep or whatever. Right. Like so. Um, yeah, you don't want to have that <laughs> that talk with Carl after. You know, and, and then you see the other component of discipline, which is integrity. We always say, you know, integrity is doing what you're supposed to do even when there's nobody, you know, watching. Yeah. And and that's where I think I, – so I saw this reel today that was like, how many of y'all know your boss is fake when somebody from corporate shows up and they act like a totally different person? And I thought, score. That is – that's the reason why hierarchy doesn't work. And you really see who's disciplined and not, you know. If, and if you got, if you got the guys from HQ coming to inspect the store, and the general manager is acting like an angel, and 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 beforehand he's been cussing everybody out, which is a huge character flaw anyway. I mean, I could absolutely roast. That's a huge what? problem. Yeah, I don't care. So former <laughs> company, One Life Fitness, Gold's Gym, love you guys. Um, <laughs> So basically, Kirk and John Galliani would come to town, and everybody would run around with their head cut off, except for one boss I ever worked for, Ken Sherman, right? And he ran the right play every day. He wore he he dressed up for the part every day. Uh, I mean, he's just a phenomenal boss. Uh, and, and and again, I love you guys, right? But it always got on my nerves when it's like, why are we waiting for them to come to town before we do? Before this? we're excellent, you know. And now when I go through these clubs, they look like shit. You know, um, like if I had a hundred million dollars, I could, I could put y'all out of business with the gym. <laughs> That's that, a big if <laughs> I could put you out of business overnight because you're not running the discipline plays that got you there in the beginning. You know, you, you ran them when Kirk and John came to town, but now that they're not in town, you can walk into their clubs and it's, it's embarrassing. And I can say that because my blood, sweat and tears are on those gym floors, Yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, what do you do when no one's looking? And that's the part, Doug, that you were talking about that I do think discipline breeds discipline. You know, when when uh, you get here at, you know, 8 in the morning or, or earlier than that, like Dave. Uh, Dave <laughs> sleeps here. Yeah, Dave's here at like 5 a.m. and uh, Ranecki, and he's just crushing his workout. Then he's cooking his breakfast, and he's probably cooking for somebody else that's here. <laughs> and then, I mean, he's here getting it done. And when you – and then the, the rest of the team is here or there, whether Logan's here or – you know, you come in, and it is it it, it is truly a lifestyle. It, it's not an issue of motivation. It is this is the life we live, and that's the disciplined life. And so, and how do well, you get someone to how do you get somebody to to live that life? Because it's hard without like you don't get rewarded for that life the first day, the first week, the first month, the first year, maybe even the first, first decade. Yeah, right. Like you don't get rewarded to that uh, for that. So how how do you teach somebody that, you know, it's just like they do these little things, you know, as kids to see if like, Hey, you know, they do these little tests on to see uh, like a kid's like willpower or thought processes. Like, Hey, you can have one candy bar now, but if you wait 10 minutes, I'll give you two. And you see how many five-year-olds can actually wait. And like, no one can, right? Like this is like, these are like these psychological tests. But so how do you get your 20 year olds, your 22 year olds to start implementing that? Like what is a way to teach that? If you're not just innately driven, and some people are just innately, they want to do great things and they want the best for themselves, but some people just are victims and they just don't want to do it. So how do you teach that? I, I know for my my son, so I have three sons and a daughter. Um, 
I, we don't have to win all the time, but I have taught them to hate losing. The feeling of, and, and I, don't, I don't like secondhand cuss words, but suck. That sucky feeling that is just, ugh. I, I say to my kids, remember that and figure out a way to never be there again. And, and I have watched them create a discipline level. And, of course, they got to adjust it at every new moment because I, I always say this, every new level has a new devil. And er, every new level has a new level of discipline that I have to instill in myself and grow and rethink myself as a leader. But I know for me, and, and, and I try to do this, and I try to do this in my recycling facility with my 20-year-olds who are, who are spending essentially $100 every week on pretzels, energy and drinks. At the sheets down the street, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and they had nothing to drive home. And or, the, or nothing to drive to work. And so I would sit down and say, okay, we just spent $125. Now times that by 4.3 because that's the average of weeks per the year. And, and they were like, that's, my, that's one paycheck. And I was like, right, drink water, make you some sandwiches, you know, eat cat food if you got to for Pete's sake, but take that $400 you just spent in that month and buy you a little Honda Civic. It's going to last till Jesus comes back. And, and hate the thought of I just wasted my life $10, $15 at a time at a convenience store and to instill that. So that's one way. Well, that, well, well we, do, we deal with that all the time. That's a yeah, conversation. For, for, for my staff, like I've had conversations with them, so maybe you might like his, his way of explaining it to you better than mine. You know, I'm a little more harsh in some curse words in there. Carl's, <laughs> and Carl's, uh, you're eating ramen noodles. Yeah. Tuna fish. Dude, I literally had, had had this conversation like two months ago with a guy who's no longer working, and he's like, I, I'm going somewhere to get paid more and all this kind of stuff. I was like, well, great. But I said, I need you to see something first before you roll, you know? And I clicked the month of March and sales for his name, $165 on snacks and energy drinks. And I said... But they even get him at cost. That was even at cost. So imagine if they didn't, he didn't yeah, have that. It would have been like $400. I said, your problem is that you don't make enough money. Your problem is you don't know how to conserve money. You know? Yeah, so a person like that, you gave them a million bucks, they'd still be broke on Monday yeah. because there's no concept of a discipline. Well, I think, man, we could have a whole other podcast. Yeah. This, this brings up a good point. This, the podcast on uh, uh, being financially sound yeah. is a whole other series well, of podcasts. To kind of go do. back to what he was, because you know, what I'm thinking the whole time, and we, we, what helps to um, maybe build that discipline is having goals. I, I think about some of the biggest things I've achieved in my life, and it came because they were goals. Uh, so is it setting uh, shorter term goals leading up to the longer term? Mm -hmm. Because they ne you need to get some wins up front gotcha. with short term discipline. So I really think I, that's exactly right. I think having the short term goals <clears throat> that you can reach and then literally check the box. There's something therapeutic about that that will then just breed in. Okay, well, you know, I was disciplined to get to here, and now let me be disciplined to get to here. And if you don't know how to make goals, reach out to somebody. If you're in a gym or you're in your business and the owner walks through, stop that owner and go, sir, I don't, I hear you talking about goals. I see you've, I don't know how to make a goal. I don't know how to make a short-term goal. I guarantee you, if that boss is any worth their salt, they will be more impressed by that question yep. than they ever will be of when am I going to get a raise? And that, that strikes. So back to like, how do you hire disciplined people? And it's really, and which is another question that I have for you guys, like, what are you looking for when you are hiring um, to know that that person is going to be disciplined, right? Like, how are you going to know that, right, in the first stages of meeting that person? Like, sometimes you can't really catch all that. 
So, but like you might be able to catch a willingness to learn, a willingness to grow, which like this person is like willing to stop the boss to be able to ask a question. It's like, like I might not have it figured out, but I'm willing to, to learn from you, the, the, the number one guy, to maybe position myself to grow. Yeah. And I don't know, like I, I've been listening a lot and I don't know if discipline can be completely taught, but I know it can be learned. I know it can be modeled. Right. And so I know there's a, there's a few people in this building and in our, in our company, they might not be the most disciplined people, but because of the modeled people that are around them, they have a willingness to learn and they're always striving mm. to get better at it. I think, they, Ty- I think Tyler's a great example. Tyler is the guy I was thinking about. Oh. Tyler is Tyler. Ha- if you're watching, <laughs> he, is, love you. he knows he's not the most disciplined person. He starts, he falls off. And usually when it comes to that, it's mostly like, you know, we're surrounded by fitness and nutrition around here, right? And so he'll start. He did the uh, Pro Physique Transformation Challenge. Yeah. Rocked it. Totally crushed it. it. Life got a little tough, I think, and he fell off. And then he fell off. And then he gave me, I gave him the Crusher coin and he gave it back. He gave it back. Really? I didn't know that. He gave it back and signed it. And he's like, I want the same coin back. But only only when. That brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He gave it back. So he, but he has a willingness to learn, a willingness to grow. And he's always striving for more. He might not be that innate disciplined guy like we might be, but he's, he's there for it. Right. And so the model of people around him, he's, he's like, man, I mean, I'm, I strive to be better just by being around you guys every single day. You know, sometimes I see that with Skirky too. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying, just tr- always trying to better himself because he sees that we're trying to better ourselves. Yeah. You know, sometimes people struggle to be disciplined because of uncontrollable variables. You know, like uh, we were talking about Tyler and like I have four kids. I, I ne- Early in mine and Angie's marriage, I never knew when a copay at urgent care or the doctor's office was going to throw my budget out. And once I got done with the feeling of not being prepared as a dad – that that awful feeling it caused me to to drive. So, so, you know, the one thing that I've noticed with with Doug and Carl and and, and Pat that has been so encouraging to me because, like, in the last year and a half, almost two years, I lost like fifty pounds and pull myself, you know, try to pull myself back together. Still have a way to go. Is that they stay in their lane of discipline? No matter where I see Carl, he has a Tupperware full of ground beef. He has his scale with him to measure it, and and there's never an excuse for why you're. It's in the Mary Poppins bag. It's yes, always got it's that in red the Mary Poppins, Poppins bag. That's right. You know, <laughs> I, I watch uh, Doug uh, stay in his lane. He knows his schedule. He is he's supported by his wife. His children know that schedule, and so it's not that he's rigid. I, I, I took some criticism for using that word last week, uh, Pat. But I like it. <laughs> yeah. But my it, Marvel name is now rigid. It's that, you know, uh, my job is different. I never know when somebody's going to die. I don't know when, a, when somebody's going to have a child. I don't know when there's going to be a mega crisis that I have to step in as a pastor. So I've had to learn. Like, I just got through with a counseling session, a marital counseling session. I just had to look at them and say, do you mind if I eat my fifth meal while we, while we talk? And they're like, no, Pastor Brian, go right ahead. And so I've had to learn how to pitch that so that in the midst of my craziness, I can still say discipline. You know, you were talking, too, about learning it. I'll never forget when I saw Franco Colombo, Lou Ferrigno, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I'm older than you guys. But when I saw that, 
I was like, what I saw then connected to what I had to do, which was the drive for discipline. And I think our passions catch that. I think that's how we how we pick up on that sometimes and how it can be taught. But, you know, one of the things we talk about hiring people, go back to your original question, Doug, I don't care if you got tattoos or earrings or what you got. I do look to see if there is some part of you that you take care of yourself. You're sitting with me in an interview. Yep. I, I listen to grammar. I, I listen to body language. I, I look at your fingernails. If your fingernails are dirty, there is something off. That strikes me as something Carl would do. And and, and I don't mean that like profiling people because yep. I know that's bad. But look, I'm not judging you. I'm just making a judgment call. And and, and there have been times I've been wrong. There have been times I've watched somebody that I thought that. that so if you need a job at Beulah, get a manicure before you go <laughs> speak to Brian. Is, is that the takeaway we got here? Yeah, thanks. No. Yeah. But I think there's something in just your personal appearance that says a lot immediately. Well, that's an important point because uh, Carl talks about that. Carl has a lot of these difficult conversations because sometimes you have to have that conversation with a manager. Like you know. grooming, yeah. Or I, I remember with like Jesus. You know, Jesus is black, and I remember when he first came on board and he talked about management, and he's got dreads. And I said, "Dude, love the dreads." I pulled up pictures of what I thought was a presentable way of wearing dreads, and what I thought was unpresentable. And I said, "Hey, dude, this is awkward for me. I'm white. You're black, but it's like I need to let you know what I figure, what I feel as a standard because you're representing all of us, right? You're not just representing Oceania Nutrition Corner." but you're representing all of us and we want to be professional in what we do display. But at the same time, they've heard me say this a, a, a bajillion times. Like I want unique personalities in every position, not a bunch of me's and dugs and so on and so forth. But you know, if you're going to have facial hair, it needs to be clean neckline. You know, if you, the ladies, Hey, if you're going to wear your hair, it, it can be in a clean bun. Doesn't need to be in a messy bun. You know? Um, yeah. How you pre present yourself to the world is very important. Well, especially in a customer facing role, right? Like, you know, don't know who's going to walk through your doors on a daily basis. Because you're ultimately building relationships, and those relationships have to be disciplined as well because that's the one thing I love about our nutrition corners is not coming in just to say, ooh, let's see what we can sell you. It's what are your fitness goals? Let's educate you. Let's get you on a discipline plan. And then from there, we will suggest to you the supplements that are necessary. And so it's the discipline, it's the character, it's the presentability, and it all goes with the culture that we have here. And, and I love that. So we basically just talked a lot about when you have disciplined people, getting the right people on the bus, what you're looking for when you're hiring them, and, um, you know, how to get disciplined or teach dis disciplined people, I, I think, or how to learn it. I think a lot of it comes down to setting their short-term goals. And also, like you said, modeling it after somebody who really lives a disciplined life. Watch those small actions. Yeah. So when you have a disciplined people, when you have disciplined people, people you don't need hierarchy when you have disciplined thought you don't need bureaucracy and so that's a hard one right now what's that that's a hard one right now so let's let's dive into that for a second so yeah. what do you mean so i was having this conversation my son's 23 and my stepson's 18 and i said your world uh you interaction with porn is fake social media is fake gambling is fake fantasy football league fake video games fake your, your relationships on social media, fake. You're fake. Like, like you know, <laughs> I, would, I would go outside and play war, right? You guys get on video games and play war, right? I played sports. You don't play sports. You know, I talk crap to my friends, right? Uh, I went out and skateboard. 
Uh, and then I'd play video games side by side with the friend talking crap to that friend. You know, it's like we, we, we would call girls and, you know, you'd be on the landline and you talk to them, you know, two o'clock in the morning while you, you thought your parents were asleep or whatever. It's like, it was real relationships. It was real connection. It was real feedback, good or bad, but they are escaping real feedback because they can't deal with it. And, uh, that is a hard part about humbling yourself to become more disciplined. You know, it needs, it's real interactions that are going to create real discipline, not all these, this fake stuff. And so if you, if you're, if your life is being sculpted by fake, then yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard person to, to train when they're coming on board, you know, with our team, let alone, I can imagine any team. So discipline thought. So kind of breaking that down. So it's the, the actions of going back to, uh, like your values or what makes you a disciplined person when something is pushed against that, right? So like, um, so like uh, if the world's pushing, let's say, sexuality, sexual immorality, and you're a disciplined person to reject that. So the disciplined thought would be to reject that. That push. I'm yeah. just trying to break well, down the thought. Well, yeah, and, and it's being yeah. disciplined and, and, thought through the disciplined. In this, in, in this case, disciplined thought, you don't need bureaucracy, and I think a lot of that is how how, you know, this is this is speaking to a business perspective. Sure. This is more business minded, and so the way I think about this is, you know, the disciplined thought here for me is, and it really should be for everyone here when they're making decisions. Um, does it align with the core, core values. values the core values that we have set so you have to have discipline to fall back on your core values right and if you have that you don't need to run it up the chain you know my answer i mean most of the time when you ask me a question you pretty much probably know my answer sure right and so then you don't need the bureaucracy of the hierarchy. I got to get a manager approval level one. I got to talk to Carl. I got to talk to Jesus. And then Jesus got to run up to Carl and then Carl needs to run it up to me. If it sticks to our core values, the answer is yes, pretty much, you know, 99% of the time. So I think here in the sense of uh, trying to have disciplined thought and how that eliminates the bureaucracy is, you know, falling back to your core values in all the situations. I mean, you know, we, we had this conversation a while back in reference to our, our reps, you know, the core, uh, the core athletes that are out there. How do we handle, um, how do we handle a lot of flesh? How do we handle a lot of skin? You know, and there's, there's a difference between a TNA show mm -hmm. <laughs> on Instagram and somebody actually that is fit, beautiful, handsome, really put together and what they're pitching. And so we went back to the core values, and we, we had to work through that. You know, I had to do the same thing in the church. There are just some non-negotiables when you work for me or you work for the institution that I'm the, I'm the leader of because, it, and, and I ask you to be disciplined so this is never an issue. Like, right. we're, not, we're not putting ourselves in certain situations. And so. Um, well, so, and a lot of time, maybe that is just, it could be a lack of disciplined thought. They might have the right core values, but that's where they they fail in the disciplined thought. To is me making this post with my my tush showing you know to everyone is this is this is this aligned with the core values that I want to present and represent? Um, and so like that disciplined thought is really important. Yeah. And then the the next step after you know getting the right people and having disciplined thought is when you have disciplined actions, you don't need excessive controls. And this is what I say from day one is like, and I think I said it maybe on the last, but if, if I have to micromanage you, you're not going to be here long. 
So like you have to have discipline actions that flow from your disciplined thoughts. Yeah. Right. And so like, if there's just a constant level of micromanagement that needs to happen, like we will not operate efficiently. Like we run a really tight ship here with a small amount of people. We get a ton of stuff done and you will get weeded out pretty quickly. So the, here, the discipline action, um, you know, is, is something that must happen. Otherwise, otherwise you're going to be micromanaged and then you're going to be gone. So I think, you know, if you're a, if you're a boss and you're listening to this and you're like, well, how do I pick up on this? There's some pretty easy ways. First of which, see what your credit cards be, your company credit cards being spent on. I still review every single transaction. Every transaction. And my CPA, my bookkeeper for the church, if there's something out of whack, she texts me. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock at night. She works all kinds of crazy hours. She'll text me and say, hey, this is a receipt that doesn't make sense. And I'm in, at that moment, I am sending out an email to say, whose card is this? And, and where's the receipt? And where's the justification for the purchase? That's one of the telltale signs because, you know, it's even um, – even looking at a, at, you know, so if, if we go out to dinner or, or there's somebody, a special guest in, and I say, take them out to dinner on the, on the company card, I'll look to see what the tip is. And then I'll ask my staff, did you tip them the same way that you would have tipped them with your card? Or did you tip them differently because it wasn't your money? And then I begin to pick up on, you know, uh, Things like that. Well, I mean, that's where the collect the gold dust comes in. Exactly. So you have these core principles that are uh, that are there, you know. And you guys are a for profit. I'm a non for profit. So my biggest criticism of non non profit is the idea is that if you don't spend the money, then you'll never get it back. They'll take it away from you, which is the biggest bunch of malarkey ever. It's what makes education systems and the government waste money. Yeah. It, like I have this budgeted, so I have to spend it. I have to spend it, which is, and I, I train my crew to, if you have that attitude, you won't work for me very long at all. We won't let a nickel hold up a dollar, but if we can do it for 68 cents, we'll do it for 68 cents. And, and that kind of stuff begins to breed a learned discipline to say, you know, hey, we're able to do better projects, but I also do that at my home with my kids, and I run my household budget like well, that. Well, and that lead from the top and a business for profit, not for profit is going to develop more disciplined people, which will hopefully go with, go into the world and do more good, do yeah. more discipline, take that discipline actions that is modeled and learned in the work environment and then take it into their home. Yeah. Right. And that's where like when back when I was managing, like I didn't flat out say, like, I don't know how long you're going to be here. I hope you're here forever. But while you're here, my goal is to make you a better Amen. person, right? And with that mindset at the top, bleeding into the people, you're going to create more good in the world, you know, whether they, you know, like hopefully we leave, if you leave, you leave amicably, but hopefully while you were here, you became a better man, a better woman, learn more disciplines through our actions, through our modeling, and are now taking that into where you're going. Yeah. I think the other thing you can pick up on is that if your job requires a social media, like, you know, I know like a lot of the store managers will post on their personal page, but if you're wondering what kind of work gets done, whether you're a principal, whether you're a manager, just peek over to social media and see whose green light's on. And if it's, if it's, you know, applicable during a break time, or if it's, 
or if it's while work's supposed to be going and it doesn't match, you know, what's happening. I think that's a, those are just little ways that, and it's not like you're micromanaging because I always say, look, I'll help you with your job anytime I can, but I won't do your job. I think the right term that we, or the term that we use is inspect what you expect. Expect all the time. So like, I think that's really key there. The last part of this is, I love this too, is when you combine a culture of discipline with an ethic of entrepreneurship, you create a powerful mixture that drives great performance. And I think that's exactly right. Like you can be, there's a lot of disciplined people that can do great things, but you really have to have that entrepreneur drive to really have a great performance or develop something great. And so I think discipline's half the battle, but there's some more of the, that's more like, there's a more creative side too that has to be there, right? Like discipline is getting the ability to do the things and to do them uh, well on a regular basis, even when you don't want to. But if you don't know what those right things are, or you don't have, it's not a good idea, then, you know, then it's just a practice of discipline. It's not really moving the needle in something, at least in business. So, you know, I think that's uh, something else. You know, discipline is half the battle, but there there is more out there than that. Um, so, to kind of to kind of pull this together, you know, going back to this whole quote. So, when you have disciplined people, you don't need hierarchy, right? And I think I think we do that well here, and I think we do it well because we we model discipline in our daily actions. So it kind of people see it and they get weeded out quickly if if they don't they aren't doing it themselves. I think for those people those people that don't have uh, dis- great discipline, the starting to set some short term goals and get some wins, I think is really crucial. And I think when you hit a good and this was the last part, you know, it create it drives great performance. Is that once that's seen, you have a culture of discipline. Yes, it dri- it recruits disciplined people. Yes, like people are like, I'm sick of working for this company that we none of us know where we're going. Yeah, and if we fail, then it's boo on us. And you know, Doug, one of the things that I've seen specifically in the transition with uh, American Energy uh, is uh, with you know Boom is that you just didn't blame everybody. Like, oh, it was a bad idea. Like you you wore that yourself. You understood the economy and you understood the the issue of cancel culture and and our patriotism and all that stuff. And, and that's a part of your discipline as a leader, being a leader out front rather than a leader in the rear. A mm-hmm. leader in the rear always um, always takes all the success yep. and in the failures blames everybody else. A leader out front always, if it's a win, it's the team's win. And if it's a failure, then the boss says, well, ultimately it's Well, I mean, this could be cliched, but, like, I truly felt like we got better failing there. Mm. We got better. And, and usually every time we fail, we've had some failures. You know, we've had some stores that closed. We got better. We tried our first uh, dipping our toes into functional foods with the balls. We failed. You know, like it was, but man, did we get better after that? And we set a new principle, shoot BBs, not bullets. Cannonball, sorry. <laughs> shoot BBs, not she, cannonballs. She, she, she. Uh, she, she, she. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we got better. And I think not doing the energy drinks right now, for us, with everything we have going on on the supplement side, is a win, and it's huge, and I really feel like we got better. And notice year. it's a culture of discipline with an ethic of entrepreneurship that even in the failure, there was still great performance. You yep. learned. Yep. 
quickly and you reset and you went in a different direction and now we're drinking rice <laughs> and loving it and uh, but hey these are a lot cheaper than boom because we still had to pay the cost on boom these are free so like you know we are taking sponsors any t- you know next episode we'll be looking for a new sponsor so send them on 1415 wilkesboro highway statesville 28625 send them on we'll feature you on the boss status that's right oh man um and then plug. and then uh when you have disciplined thought you don't need bureaucracy. That is falling back to your core values in everything you do. And then you don't have to worry about like, running it up the chain, everything. If you live, if you're disciplined in how and uh, what you're referring to when making decisions, you don't need to do that. And then disciplined action, you don't need excessive controls. And this is where, you know, creating a culture where uh, micromanagement is not a good thing. In some cases, it is necessary to a certain level, but we really try to minimize that. And if you have a culture of micromanagement, uh, then clearly you don't have disciplined actions. And then finally, you know, bringing that culture discipline together with the entrepreneurship is when really cool things happen. And, uh, you know, I think we're doing a good job at it. We can always get better. You know, when I think of discipline, probably the brand in this industry that sticks out probably the most to me is probably first form. Like you say that. um, Just their uh, constant preaching of discipline and, uh, you know, through the, some of Andy's content and literally taking a small idea and making it a many multi hundred million dollar, like without discipline, that would never happen. I don't know any other brand that has scaled in a culture sort of way like they have. Yeah. There are other massive brands out there that you probably have never heard of that are half a billion dollars, but they don't have the same culture right. that First Form has. So... Yeah, you probably don't last long there if you're not. Uh, if you or if you don't have discipline, you bring thought, in, you bring have, in yeah. some pizza, and then you're you're skipping the gym that's right next to next door. Yeah. Like I mean, it's kind of the same. I'd here, love right? to go and and work there for just a day. Just sit in there, just because sit. of what you mentioned. Like I, I'm 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 absolutely just in awe because of the discipline that it would take to do what they've done year after year after year and experiencing growth year after year. I mean, it's a, just a, a, an extreme level of buy-in from everybody. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we, we, I, I will, we, the three of us will never forget that meeting. Uh, no. Was that 2017? I want to say it was, we had an hour meeting because we were trying to get our products into supplement superstores at first forms, old headquarters, which is still a great building, but it's not like what they're in now. Um, and we had a meeting with Sal and uh, Brian Right. And Chris and Chris and Chris. And we went in for like an hour pitch of our brands. Trying well, to Andy get... was in there most of the day. Well, Andy came in and then yeah. it turned into like a five or six hour meeting. And, you know, we were just bombarding him. Carl's like, well, when does it get easier? And he's like, brother, it doesn't get easier. You know, um, and, you know, like, how do you keep people? You can't, <laughs> you know, like he was very real. And we came out of that meeting. I don't even know if we sold them, pro- ended up selling a product, but like we came out that meeting, we went to dinner and I said, boys, I'm flying home. And I was like, you guys should drive home tomorrow. Cause they we drove. were supposed to like take a trip through Texas and the whole country. Cause it's, it's out in St. Louis and Carl and I were in our old van and we were supposed to make a, a sales trip out of it. And Doug's like, 
fellas, I need you to take the 16 hour trip right away. I'm gonna fly first class with my slippers on, <laughs> and you guys are gonna. <laughs> Me and Carl were counting deer carcasses the whole way home. Ding. How many Ding. energy drinks did you guys drink? I, don't I, don't know. Know. I know I was five or six monsters deep, man. Yeah. Oh my yeah, and so, shot. but like the point being is there was such a you could sense their culture of discipline and what they had going on, and it was something special. So you guys hit the ground running. We, we literally were like, get home. We're having an all hands on deck meeting, and we're doing. We had a couple ideas of things that we needed to institute immediately just in the culture. And that is really kind of, um, they've been a huge, and they probably don't even know this. And I'm not just saying this because I gave them a bad energy drink review the other day. Um, <laughs> they really have set, uh, have motivated us, I think, and have uh, directly or indirectly forced us into this developing people and developing a culture and solidifying core values and living around those core values. Our core values are quite different than theirs. Like I didn't even look at theirs when we were developing ours because that's their core values. Mm -hmm. But, but developing a business around core values is, and huge. we go back to this all the time is absolutely huge. So, you know, everyone out there, make it a part of sit down and spend a day, you know, pull everyone and spend the money to develop the core values. And trust me, it makes a massive difference. I don't care if you're three people in your business right now. Well, I think like it makes a difference. That's a great way to wrap up the uh, the definitions and differences between motivation and discipline. So motivation is that initial spark that gets you excited about a goal or an aspiration. So I think for us from that meeting, we were super, super excited. There was a spark there. Yep. But that would be temporary and fleeting. Yep. And then now you have to fall back on your discipline, which is an ongoing commitment, taking action towards that goal when the motivation wanes. Right. Like, so like we were fall, fall back on ourselves to be disciplined people to take that initial spark. It's and turn it into something. It's funny because the three of us are in a, uh, well, maybe I can't. We're in, a, we're in a group. We're in a group. And, uh, we happen to be talking about marriage at the time, but how, how is motivation like that initial, that honeymoon phase oh, yeah. where you just can't keep your paws off each other and you're just infatuated with them and all that. And then you get married and have kids and there really is a level of discipline that has to be there. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see or to think about, like, look at the marriages that fail. How disciplined are those people? If you met, meet two very disciplined people, chances are they're working through whatever issues oh, yeah. that come up. And the biggest discipline is keep choosing your spouse. Yes. That's, the, that's the, when the world's like, oh, just be happy, just be happy. Yeah. happiness, the motivation, well, happiness wanes. Yeah. But that discipline is like, no, choose your spouse. And so someone said, you know, we, we made a covenant that we wouldn't divorce, but we never we never said what kind of marriage are we going to have. And I think that's the true is like, well, you go into business, we're going to make money, but we never said what kind of business we're going to have. And so how many people do we know have made piles of money, but they are rotten characters Nobody wants to be around them. Their employees hate them. Yeah. And the culture is just on the brink of falling apart every day. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we want to live out at all. We don't just want to make money. We want to know what kind of business or what kind of church or organization or, you know, whatever it is that you have. Uh, and it takes discipline to do all that. Yep. Anybody have anything else? Can we wrap this up? Yeah. I, 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 I usually wrap up. Kind of go over with what you kind of stated with what, uh, you know, Sam had said some direction, you know, whether you're a boss or aspiring boss or you're a young person, um, 
a lot of this can be confusing and you just have to remember you need to check your ego and realize it's it's you is the person that needs to become more disciplined so therefore your thoughts and your actions everything you you put into your body you can control your movements you can control you can control what you read you can control what you listen to you can control what you see and if you can become more disciplined in those areas of your life then you will seek out others that are disciplined and you will welcome those that are also trying to become disciplined and slowly but surely your your sphere of influence will grow and grow and your life will become more disciplined and more, uh, you know, happy because of it. So it's a good word. All right, guys, be disciplined and keep crushing it.